save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. This is Cruise Radio. This podcast is brought to you by TripInsurance.com. Don't let a little incident screw your cruise up. You can find a policy at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is... This is Cruise Radio. Radio. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. Coming up on this week's show, we'll talk to celebrity chef Guy Fieri. We'll get a review of Norwegian Getaway. We'll talk with CruisingExcursions.com about some some Baltic shore excursion questions. Also, Sherry Kennedy standing by with Cruise News. Uh, A couple of things before we get to Sherry. I've been getting a ton of emails about River Cruise Radio and being like, Doug, why'd you stop it? Well, I stopped it because I sold it. So uh, it should be back online in a couple of weeks under the new host. So uh, be looking out for that if you're still hanging on or listening to River Cruise Radio. Uh, Also, heading down to St. Thomas in a couple of weeks, and then uh, a couple of weeks after that, heading to Grand Turk to kind of check out the cruise situation down there and seeing how things are. So if you have any questions about either of those ports, uh, shoot me an email, Doug at CruiseRadio.net. Happy to do some on-the-ground research for you while I'm down there. Uh, all right. Well, Sherry Kennedy is here with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. Got some news out of the Virgin Voyages camp, which uh, only seems to be dripping out every six months or so. And it's a long way to go till the ships finally debut in 2020. So, yeah, it's like little drips and drips. But, you know, that's sort of the the panache of Richard mm-hmm. Branson just to little teasers all the time, or ship teases, right? Isn't that what they're calling them? But this this announcement is kind of interesting. Uh, When the first ship, which has yet to be named, uh, debuts in 2020, there's going to be an age limit on it, and that's going to be, uh, you have to be 18 or older, um, which is kind of interesting. So this will be basically an adults-only cruise, if you consider 18 to be an adult, which legally it is. Um, so, and, and they came to this conclusion. Uh, I guess they were taking a lot of uh, surveys and feedback, and people want a ship without kids. So anyway, of, of the uh, 2,800 passengers, plus a little bit more, 86% of the cabins are going to have balconies, and they have a cute name that's going to be called Sea Terraces. Uh-huh. And again, the first ship won't debut until 2020, so I would expect a lot more of these little ship teases um, between now and then. Do you think the demand is going to be there to fill all these ships up with adults only? You know, I'm just wondering if maybe they'll do that on the first and test market it, mm-hmm. see how that goes. You know, and, and then it's every uh, every year uh, is a new vessel coming out, so. You know, I think if it if it works with the first one, maybe they'll do it on the second. Who knows? This, it kind of reminds me of uh, Carnival's wonderful concept years ago of the non-smoking ship on the Paradise, right? Yeah, that would totally work these days, I think. If someone would start that up, mm-hmm. I'm sure it would work again. You're right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, moving on, Disney Cruise Line returning to the West Coast. Disney is going to return to the West Coast and specifically to San Diego. Uh, the Disney Wonder in 2019 will return to San Diego for an extended season that will run from March to May. 
And the cruises uh, that go to Mexico will vary from two, four, five, and seven-night voyages. Um, most sailings that do go to Mexico's Baja Peninsula will call on the city of Ensenada. The two-night cruises uh, will have Friday departures, which is great for weekend getaways. But the four- and five-night Baja cruises will also include Cabo San Lucas, which I've never been to, and it looks absolutely unique and interesting. Have you been to Cabo? I haven't been there, but I know that Sammy Hagar has the uh, that the Cabo Wabo Cantina down there. That's the uh, he ha- he sells tequila, right? Yep. Yeah. And then it's, uh, I guess it's a top shelf brand too. So that'd be fun. Yeah, it's it's like forty, fifty bucks a bottle. So yeah, I guess you call it top shelf for tequila. It would be. Yeah. So um, are we done with Disney? <laughs> They're going to have three ships back in Port Canaveral, of course, and. Um, San Juan, Disney uh, Wonder is going to be doing some cruises to the Southern Caribbean. Uh, and then my, the Disney Magic will return to Miami. And so, yeah, they're, they're moving around, moving and grooving. But, uh, you know, that's what Disney does, just so everyone can be closer to their ship. Closer to the mouse. Closer to the magic. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, so Carnival Horizon is doing something unique. I, I like this story with the kids over at the St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Yeah, they are. And, and uh, if someone isn't aware, uh, Carnival's worked with St. Jude's Children's Hospital uh, in uh, Memphis for many, many, many years. And they just announced that uh, the atrium sculpture on the new Carnival Horizon, it's an LED uh, dreamscape, they call it. It's similar to the one on the Vista, but it's going to feature artwork created by the patients of St. Jude Hospital. So the little kids are going to have their artwork uh, displayed on the atrium sculpture. It's a three-deck high centerpiece. It gets a little complicated here, but it will feature 33 different artistic creations from the children. Um, It's also the dreamscape itself is a 24-foot funnel-shaped centerpiece, and it's comprised of more than 2,000 flexible LED tiles. So every day there's rotating artwork, there's rotating light sculptures appearing, and uh, on the horizon the young artists are going to uh, be displaying their... They were asked to create some fun pieces with especially bright colors and to possibly reflect their personalities. So it's going to be really nice. Um, The ship will debut uh, April 2nd of 2018, sailing uh, four trips from Barcelona into the Med and then come over to New York and then down to Miami for year-round sailing to the Caribbean. MSC Cruises released a New World Cruise itinerary. So how long is this cruise? Where is it going? And uh, yeah, give us the details. The details. Well, I'm getting my bags packed right now. It's a 116-day cruise. It's going to visit 43 ports of call in 23 countries. And this is going to be aboard the MSC Magnifica. Uh, the If you're a Voyager Club member, meaning you've sailed with them before, you can already book your cruise, but everybody else is going to have to wait until November 23rd if they want to book their world cruise with MSC. And uh, eight of the ports on the list are going to include an overnight stay, which is really nice. And uh, real quick, I'll just rattle those off in case someone's extremely curious. The eight ports include Ushuaia in Argentina, Easter Island, Darwin, Australia, Valparaiso in Chile, Mumbai, and Salala, Oman. So they're going to have extended shore excursions as well. So that's, you know, if some of those places are on your must-see bucket list, this is a great chance to do it. Uh, The prices are not inexpensive, 
But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a long cruise and it's a world cruise. So, you know, when you start comparing the prices, it's a good deal. So what are the prices? Well, if for 2020, they begin at $14,999. And, of course, that would be for an inside stateroom. So basically, if you can imagine living in a walk-in closet for three months, it's a great deal. So you're talking like $129 per day base rate, which isn't bad for seeing the world for 116 days. No, it's not. You know, and again, that's that's uh, per person based on double occupancy, right. too. Yeah. So, you know, and I don't see anything about uh, a solo supplement reduction at this point. Um, and, you know, MSCs, they're, they're selling out on these unique voyages because mm-hmm. I was looking into uh, a couple of them and they're gone. They're sold out. So. Wow. This will sell for $15,000 to do, oh, totally. do a world cruise, just like you said. It's, it's a deal. Yeah. A couple of listener questions here, Sherry. If you have a listener question, shoot me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net, D-O-U-G, at cruiseradio.net. Uh, the first one comes from Kathy, Long Island, New York. We are traveling on Oasis of the Seas next month with my 91-year-old mother. Do I need to notify the cruise line if we are bringing her electric scooter? And will there be mobility issues at their private destination, Labadee? Good questions, Kathy. Yes, you do need to notify the cruise line that you will be bringing an electric scooter. And you can do this either through your travel agent, uh, they can call in, or if you booked it yourself, I would suggest contacting the cruise line by phone rather than trying to type it in somewhere online um, and let them know that you will be bringing a scooter. They will notate that on your booking and will be aware that you'll need it. Um, As far as Labadee, no, it really shouldn't um, pose any huge difficulties. I would say uh, the ship does not tender offshore anymore. They're, um, for the Oasis and the Allure, they have built this huge uh, cement pier that juts way out to accommodate the ship. And they have a tram that will take people uh, around uh, the beach resort area, as well as, uh, and you could probably reserve it on the ship. It's like a wheelchair with these huge um, plastic wheels like a dune buggy wheelchair. Mm -hmm. So um, depending on how easy it is to maneuver it, that might be something that you would want to do too. But um, there shouldn't be any trouble uh, as long as, you know, if she can walk in sand for a few feet, you can take the tram to one of the emptier beaches and just grab a lounge chair. You know, you were talking about those, the dune buggy wheelchairs. I was on Half Moon K uh, on Carnival Elation last week and there was a, I'm not making this up, there was someone who went to the buffet and piled like seven plates on this doom buggy wheelchair and rolled it down to the beach with the plates on the wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. If you yeah. can't, you know, if you can't bring a food cart, use a wheelchair. Well, like, that is awesome. <laughs> that is so lazy, but so convenient and awesome. I love it. Uh, last question here comes from Danny in Iowa. We are sailing Carnival Vista in January. My wife is highly allergic to lactose. Do you know if they have almond milk or cashew milk on board? Well, I have a friend, Becky, who is sailing on Carnival Splendor right now, and uh, she told me that almond milk is available, but be sure if guests are sailing to make sure they request it via special needs. Now, Sherry, what exactly does that mean, request it via special needs? Well, it means that there is a special needs department, and you need to either, again, like I said with Kathy, Someone needs to contact the cruise line, either um, you or your travel agent, however it was booked, and tell them to put in the record that you need to have almond milk. Um, there is a special needs department. Again, it, it covers uh, you know, dietary needs or mobility needs. And when you get your invoice, ask 
or request a new invoice, and somewhere on there, it should be, it may be in like an abbreviated form, but it will say, uh, you know, something like passenger needs almond milk or passenger may not have, you know, um, dairy products or something like that, but they should notate it. And then, of course, always check with the maitre d' and your waiter when you do go into the restaurant and tell them uh, just to double-check and make sure that they know about it. Um, and it, it will be on their computer screens, too, so uh, they'll, they'll be aware, but it's important to let the ship know. Very good. As always, Sherry Kennedy from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Our next guest needs no introduction, but because of who I am and where I'm from, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show celebrity chef and creator of Guy's Burger Joint, Guy Fieri. How you doing, man? I'm uh, just doing it, man. Just doing it. Are you, having, are you enjoying, enjoying a burger right now, or are you having some uh, picnic acre barbecue? Are you on a ship? Dude, I, I got to tell you, I... I just got off Carnival Elation this morning where they just got Guy's Burger Joint maybe two weeks ago in addicting. Yeah, that's, that's a good thing, though. That's a, that's a very good thing. But you haven't been to Pig and Anchor? Yeah, I had Pig and Anchor uh, a couple of weeks ago on Carnival Vista, I believe. And, dude, so, so good. I can't wait for it to come out on Carnival Horizon. Uh, so you first aligned with Carnival Cruise Line back in 2011 with Funship 2.0 and uh, have expanded that partnership even more since then. Uh, what makes Carnival such a good fit for your brand? I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't think it would ever be a fit. I didn't think I was a cruise person, and I didn't think that you know, all I'd heard about was mega buffets, and uh, when we started talking, Carnival said, no, we really take our food seriously, and we really take our our guest experience seriously, and we uh, we want to talk to you about this. And so uh, before we even did a deal, I went on the ship, took a bunch of my friends, took my family, took my wife, the kids, the whole thing, and we had a blast. I toured the ship and got a real inside view about how things work. And uh, then I, you know, on that trip, I said, this is how I would make us the burger. This is what the burger joint would be like. And they all got behind it. And from day one, we've just been having a great, kind of like putting a band together. You know, we, uh, we, 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 we understand each other. We know where we're trying to go. We know what we're trying to achieve. And it just has been dynamite. And then when just ironically enough, we're having kind of a year recap of one year and talking about what else I would like, you know, what I would put on the ship. And they asked, they asked me, and I said, ah, you know, I'd love to do barbecue, but you can't do barbecue because you can't have a real smoker. And if you don't have a real smoker, you can't have barbecue. Yeah. They said, well, what if we could get a real smoker? And I said, ah, you know, good, good dreams, guys, but you can't be burnt. <laughs> you can't do that on, on a ship. Long story short, that's just how Carnival plays. You put a, you put a challenge in front of them, and they'll make it happen. So you're going to have the, uh, the Pig & Anchor Smokehouse Brew House, a sit-down restaurant on Carnival Horizon. That's got to be pretty exciting. I mean, it's dynamite. Carnival, you know, part of the, you know, on a few of the days that uh, folks are out to see, they're going to get to have a sampling of the barbecue out on the deck where they get for free. But then if they want to have a little bit more of a barbecue, I should say a lot of, uh, a much bigger barbecue experience, they can go and uh, go into the restaurant and we've got the smokehouse brew house. So we're, we're smoking our own meats, making our own sausage, have a real creative menu. And on top of it, we're brewing our own beer. So so two things that you're not going to find on on any ships together. Um, I don't think I don't think there's any barbecue joints on any ships in, in our you know in this uh, in this uh, program. And I definitely don't think there's any brew houses. Yeah. And the two of them combined is even more exciting. So now it's it's pretty awesome, man. I think people are going to get a big kick out of it. And being a big barbecue guy. Uh, I wanted to make sure we did it right, and, and we are we are doing that for sure. What kind of creations of yours can we expect to see on that menu on Carnival Horizon? Well, one of the biggest things that we love to do is brisket and pulled pork and chicken, but 
we take it a little bit further. We're going to be branching out. We'll be bringing on some of our, we do a famous, uh, what we call trash can nachos, mm-hmm. but it's real deal nachos. We also do a dynamite flatbread. We're doing the house-made sausage, nice sampler platters. I mean, it's going to be, uh, it, 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 and that, this is what I said to me, is I said, when I go on a ship, after I have, you know, some of the other experiences, I always kind of want the food that I have at home. Yeah. People get a little homesick, even after two days. They can't wait to leave home and go on a vacation, and then the first thing they want is something from home. <laughs> so that's kind of uh, how we start to set the menu, and I think people are going to be thrilled. Now, are these menu items something where you're, like, just cooking at home and it comes to you like, you know what, this would be great to serve at the Pig & Anchor Smokehouse? We are working on menus nonstop. Mm-hmm. You know, my team, our company is called Knuckle Sandwich, and, and we are working on menus uh, as, as we speak. And the thing is, is, like, when we got ready to do this with Carnival, we probably brought 60 menu items to them and mm-hmm. started talking about this and that and this and going back and forth. And did a lot of samplings and a lot of tastings. And like I said, they're so involved with us and they're so participative that it's, it's not just, hey, here's, here's what I'm going to send you. I hope it works. We really spend a lot of time. You know, the guests are getting a vacation. For a lot of folks, this may be the vacation of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that if we have a chance to hit it exactly right, we will. I love it, Guy. I want to do some rapid-fire questions. I got over 500 questions to ask you, so we'll quickly bang through a couple of them here. Uh, the first one is from Stacy. She says, what the heck is donkey sauce? <laughs> donkey sauce started because of uh, of carnival. That's how it uh, oh, got got started. Donkey sauce is a is a really flavorful fortified mayonnaise. Now you can call it an aioli. You can call, there's all different you know fancy words for it. But <laughs> what it is is when you're going to cook a burger, there's certain flavors that you want to make sure are incorporated into that burger into that presentation. And one we want to have the mayonnaise that's nice fat. You know that makes it really nice. So people love mayonnaise on things even if they don't know it's there. Um, they, we love mustard. Mustard has that great tang to it, that great acidity. Uh, I like when you're having beef to have a little Worcestershire sauce, a little garlic, a little black pepper. So we incorporate all of those ingredients and a couple other little things I'm not going to tell you. Can't give away everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, put all that into the donkey sauce. Yeah, that's all the ingredients. Are. I'm just kidding. Uh, we put all the <laughs> ingredients into the donkey sauce, and then that works as a really nice spread for the burger. So we make sure that when everybody gets a bite all the way through that burger, they're going to get that uh that extra flavor, and that really accentuates it. It's kind of like the, um, it's not like the cowbell. Yeah, there you go. Now, Richie asks, what makes Guy's Burgers so darn addicting? Man, I'm telling you, buddy, if I give you that answer, this is going to change <laughs> the whole game, and I'm not going to be able to go on my Carnival Cruise this year. Um, here's what it is, and it's a great, and it's a really a great question, and they are addicting, and I just had a good buddy of mine, uh, uh, you know, text me the other day, he says, listen, bro, I've eaten your food for years, been to all your restaurants, love it, love, love it. He says, but, you know, trapping me, putting me on the ship and putting those burgers in front of me, he says, I'm not supposed to have four in a day. And I'm like, it's okay, you're on vacation, calories don't count. <laughs> but the thing about it is, is there's a lot of discipline, a tremendous amount of discipline in the quality of the, of the products that we use. But the bun, the burger, the lettuce, everything. And the technique in which we cook really has to be followed and really has to be adhered to. And all of these little pieces, just the sum of all the little pieces make the great, you know, uh, make the great equation. And that's really how it comes together. We mess up on one of them. We cook it wrong. The temperature's not right. We season wrong. The meat's frozen. Any of these things can detract from the, uh, from the success. But I agree with you, brother. If I was in a port one time, sitting on my buddy's boat, looked across the, the, uh, you know, all the docks or uh, the piers, and I saw a carnival boat. And I called back to the States. I said, hey, listen, tell me if there's a burger joint on there. They said, yeah. So I got, <laughs> somehow I got back 
got over on the boat, went on and got a couple burgers. And I got to see the crew. And it was awesome. I'm with you, man. I feel the pain. Danny wants to know how you evaluate the consistency of that restaurant being on so many cruise ships. Yeah, we're on the ship quite a bit. You know, we do our evaluations from our company standpoint, but we haven't been let down. I mean, they're just such a, they're such a diligent group. To be able to do what they do, to be able to put a city on the water yeah. and take care of those people and sail around the world and come back, to be able to do that, you know you're working with the right partners to be able to deliver the food. I mean, that's, it, and it's a, you're right. I mean, it's a, it's a, not a challenge, but something you really got to believe in the hands of the other people that they're going to treat you right and do you right and take care of it. And they, uh, they, without, they without question, have been a great partner. Final question comes from Becky and Craig. Uh, is the donkey sauce or barbecue sauce for sale at all? <laughs> I, I like the question. Donkey, you know, it's so funny. The guys that we do our barbecue sauce with, uh, this company called Gia Russa, um, they're fantastic guys. And they just wrote us the other day. It's so funny. They just wrote us the other day and they said, we're getting a lot of requests for donkey sauce. Can we, <laughs> can we, uh, can we make it? You know, can we sell it? Uh, all the barbecue sauces. I mean, we make all kinds of sauces. I've got, I don't know, six, eight barbecue sauces out there and, and steak sauce, cocktail sauce, you name it. And I think the donkey sauce will be coming out, but definitely, definitely, uh, the barbecue sauces you can find either online or at a lot, a lot of grocery stores have, but, uh, yeah, that's funny. They're, they're, they see the vision. Donkey yeah. sauce will be coming out, I would say, sometime next year. We've been talking with Food Network star, celebrity chef, and creator of Guy's Burger Joint and the Pig and Anchor Smokehouse, Guy Fieri. Dude, thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us today. Absolutely, man. Have a good time on the ship. Will do. Take care. You too, bro. Bye-bye. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at cruiseradio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour. Take a beach break. Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling. Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Want more Cruise Radio? Find a library of over 400 episodes on iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. Nancy Schroeder from the Family Travel Network just returned from a nine-night cruise on Norwegian Getaway to the Baltic. Can't wait to talk all about the ship and the destinations. First off, Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Doug. I always love talking with you. So first things first, I know you've done Mediterranean cruises before, but why the Baltic this time? Well, first, the Baltic features these fabulous port-intensive itineraries. They offer this rich smorgasbord of history and culture with visits to six unique countries. And that makes it fabulous. 
Then, of course, there are the cooler temperatures. You've been in the Mediterranean in July and August, mm-hmm. Doug, and you know those ports can be sweltering. And Baltic ports of call are much more temperate, which makes it you know, really easier to get around and really enjoy it. Then there's St. Petersburg, which is really the crown jewel of any Baltic itinerary. There's so much to see and do in this fabulous city. And I think it's important to point out that visiting St. Petersburg is easier to do on a cruise, too, because you don't have to have a really expensive Russia tourist visa to get there. There's a visa waiver agreement in place for cruise guests staying up to 72 hours in St. Petersburg and sleeping on the ship. So you don't need to get your own separate Russia visa and go through all of that. Then there's the scenic beauty of uh, a Baltic itinerary, which people I'm not sure think about. I certainly didn't. But sailing through the Swedish archipelago is a Baltic cruise highlight, and, and we really enjoyed it. I also love the long days and white nights, since the Baltic itinerary is, is so far north, the daylight hours are really extended. And for a few weeks in late May and June, visitors to St. Petersburg can, can enjoy these long white nights when the sun never sets completely and the sky sort of glows pearly white all night. It's absolutely fabulous. I think it's also important to mention the potentially lower airfares to the Baltic as well. Because Copenhagen is served by low-cost airlines, airfares can be much cheaper than getting to Mediterranean departure points. So for shoulder season fares in May and June from the East Coast, you're often looking at $500 to $650 complete per person round trip wow. into Copenhagen, which makes it really attractive. Yeah, so you make your way over to Copenhagen. How was that disembarkation process for you once you got there? Oh, it was super easy, especially since we had arrived the day before. We got to Copenhagen's Ocean Cottage Pier about 11 o'clock and then got right on board the ship. It's interesting, they were using two terminals at Ocean Cottage, so the line was very short. We could just get on board and start exploring immediately, which is really great because, as you know, Norwegian Getaway is a huge ship. You sail the inaugural, right, on it? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's a big ship and there's a lot to see and do on that ship. So what's the first thing you did when you got on board this time? wandered. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's one of these things that there's there's so much to see and do for all ages and interests. So I really wanted to go all over the place and really get acquainted with it again, because, you know, while the ports of call are definitely the superstars on a Baltic cruise, it's great to be on a ship that has tons of entertainment and so many dining venues. I, I think that's absolutely great. And Norwegian Getaway has 26 different dining choices, tons of bars and lounges, and this huge adrenaline-charged water park. Um, You know I'm a water park fan. Mm -hmm. Dairy Park includes the whip and the free fall. They're two of the fastest slides at sea, and interestingly enough, you pull on this four Gs on the free fall side, so it's something you really don't want to miss. And they had that massive ropes course with the Uh plank, which goes eight feet over the side of the ship, which is, you know, sort of walk it if you dare. It was really fun, too, to stroll around the ship and explore all the the adults-only and kids-only spaces, too, because there's the Spice H2O area with the hot tubs and the double waterfall, bar and lounge, and video screen. There's also the private Vibe Beach Club that's another great adults-only oasis, too. Um, There's an upcharge there, but because of the cool temperatures on the Baltic, guests didn't really use it much on this cruise. Awesome. We'll talk more about the entertainment in just a few minutes here, but I want to talk about the stateroom real quick. What kind of stateroom did you have, and what did you think of it? We were in a great balcony cabin on Deck 11 Forward, and it had an ultra-comfy bed, good storage space, and it 
had beautiful views. And I think having a balcony cabin on a Baltic cruise was is particularly nice. So we, we love the cabin. Awesome. Did you find that there was plenty of like space to plug everything in and counter space and luggage space and all of that? Yeah, we did. We seemed to have plenty of space. And there, were, there were just two of us in the stateroom, and it was big and ultra comfy, and we didn't have any problems storing everything. Okay, so as you said earlier, there's like 26 dining and bars on this ship. So that's a lot of eating. So we'll go to the buffet area first and work our way out from there. So what was your thoughts of the buffet on board getaway? Well, you know, since this Baltic cruise has a lot of port-intensive days, we spent a lot of time in the Garden Cafe, which is the ship's main dining area. And, and really, kudos to this place. The food was outstanding with lots of great options. We really liked the carving station areas and the made-to-order crepes, and breakfast there was wonderful as well. So that area really got a lot of use on board on this cruise, and we loved it. Cool. Now, uh, main dining room. Now, do they call it the main dining room, Nancy, on Norwegian Getaway? No. So the main dining rooms are Savor, Taste, and the Tropicana Room, and they're all free of charge. There's also the Oceans Neighborhood Bar and Grill and the Shanghai Noodle Bar. Um, And we spent most of our time main dining room-wise in Savor and Taste, and right between them is a little bar called the Mix Bar, and what we used to do is we'd look for, we always liked to have a table right by the window. So we would tell the hostess she'd give us a beat her, and then we'd just relax and have a drink at the mix bar. And then she called us as soon as our waterfront table was ready. Very cool. Uh, specialty restaurants, which ones did you hit on this sailing? We went to Ocean Blue, which was absolutely fantastic. We also went to Teppanyaki for the food and the chef's performances. They're so entertaining. Both of us are steak lovers, so we definitely planned a dining at Cagney's Steakhouse, and Le Bistro is the place to go for a memorable French meal. We definitely did that as well. What did you think of the teppanyaki restaurant? I liked it. I, I think it's fun because I like to watch. You know, The food for me is, is great, but that's not the show for me. It's usually the, the chef's performances, which I love. And the other thing I really love about Norwegian Getaway's dining areas is the waterfront, which is that big outdoor promenade area lined with seaside dining options. That was a really popular spot for drinks and dining for the guests on our cruise. It's also a great place to watch the sunset as well. I haven't been to Ocean Blue. How was that one? Ocean Blue was great. I love lobster. They had fabulous lobster, which was really, really good. They also have the raw bar on the ship, and there's also an outdoor dining area for Ocean Blue, too. Uh, we had a wonderful meal there at a table right by the window. It was fabulous. You did a lot of ports, so I guess not a lot of sea days? We had two days at sea. Wow, um, so one of them was right between... Uh, Gdynia and St. Petersburg, which was really important because you had these two really intensive port days and one night in St. Petersburg. And for us, we were going from, we were off the ship as soon as we could by seven o'clock in the morning or 7.30. And we didn't get back on that night until about 11 o'clock. Then we were back off again at seven or 7.30. And then we stayed for as long as we could. So you had these two really intensive days, having the day at sea right before that is really great. So we had one day at sea there and then one day at sea um, after Stockholm. How was the ship on sea days as far as crowds and congestion? It was really great because there is so much to see and do on the ship and everybody sort of finds their own space. 
So you never felt like you were really crowded in any one area, which was fabulous. So everybody sort of spread themselves out into places to go, things to do, shopping to go on. They had lots of activities and entertainment and events going on on those days at sea. So people spread themselves out. Could you run down what ports of call you uh, hit on this sailing? Absolutely. We started off in Copenhagen, then we went to Warnemund in Germany, which people use as sort of a jumping-off point for Berlin. Then we went to Gdynia in Poland, which people usually use to go to Gdansk. We had two days and one night in St. Petersburg. Then from there, we went to Tallinn in Estonia, then to Stockholm in Sweden, and then back to Copenhagen. Wow. So uh, out of all those ports, because that's a lot, give me your uh, like top three. Oh, okay. It's it's hard. I would say there none of those ports were dud. Every one of them was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But if I had to pick my three top ports, I would do St. Petersburg, Tallinn, and Stockholm for very different reasons. St. Petersburg is definitely the crown jewel of any Baltic itinerary. As I said, we spent two full days, one night there, easily the major highlight of our cruise. We took shore excursions through the ship on a number of different places, but in this one, we did a tour with Ala Tours. They did a fantastic job. Uh, we went to all of the, the high places, the Hermitage, Catherine Palace, Peterhof Palace and Gardens, St. Isaac's Cathedral, Peter and Paul's Fortress. The list can just go on and on and on. But we also took boat and hydrofoil cruises along St. Petersburg's rivers and canals, which as actually is a wonderful way to see the city. That night, some people went to the ballet. Uh, we went to the city's exceptional Fabergé Museum and then toured around the city with our guide. It, it was really all I could hope for and more. And it, we could pack a lot in, especially because of the, the white nights. I really thought that any port was going to be a big letdown after St. Petersburg, mm-hmm. but I was really wrong. Tallinn and Estonia surprised me it surprised a lot of other people, too. It has this beautiful medieval walled city that's extraordinary. It's also very walkable. You can just walk off the ship and walk right into town and walk right up and hike up to the top of the hill. So people should definitely go to the Tumpea Overlook at the top of the hill for a beautiful view of the city. It also has the best shopping, I think, on a Baltic cruise. It, it has a wide variety of items from beautifully made woolen clothing to jewelry. Amber jewelry is certainly a highlight. Handicrafts from Russian Scandinavia, and the prices are usually the lowest in Gdansk and Tallinn. Stockholm was an exceptional port of call, but for me, it was the sail in through the Swedish archipelago that was absolutely magical. It's one of the greatest scenic passages I've ever experienced on a cruise. Did not expect that. We got up at four in the morning to get out on decks and just watch it. It was one of those incredible white night experiences where the sun never sets and it was just really quiet early in the morning, just gliding through this really narrow passage. And again, Norwegian Getaway is a big ship. So we were going through this narrow passage. You have little tiny islands on either side, some of them with little houses, boats going back and forth. It was really beautiful. And then in Stockholm, um, you know, the hop on, hop on boat there is a great option. And that was the day it was warm enough for me to ride the free fall water slide on the ship. 
a couple of times, and that was great. You sound like me. What were your thoughts of the kids' program on board? There were a lot of families on our ship, and they raved about the kids' programs. Um, the ship Splash Academy Youth Area on that ship goes over two decks, and it's located right near the family staterooms. That offers activities and programs for kids 3 to 12. There's also a guppies program that parents can do with little cruisers from six months old to about three years. There were a lot of teens on our ship, and Entourage is a high-energy zone for teens 13 to 17. It's located up on its own little area up on Deck 16, and teens seem to really love that as well. We briefly touched on it earlier, and that was the entertainment on board Norwegian Getaway. What were your thoughts of it on this nine-night sailing? Well, you know, Norwegian Getaway really excels in the entertainment area. It's not just the Broadway-style shows that are great. It's also the casual, you know, live entertainment going on in places like Fats Cats, Jazz and Blues Club, and the Sugar Cane Mojito Bar. There was live music at night in both of those places, and we definitely spent lots of time there. For people who are going, don't miss Million Dollar Quartet. It's a musical inspired by this one-night recording session that brought together Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Carl Perkins. That was great. It sold out, went on our ship. I think that sitting on the left side is best if you go. We love the Burn the Floor dance show, Howl at the Moon. Escape the Big Top is very popular, too. Um, that one, definitely reserve it the first day you, you get on board. We weren't able to see it, but it was super popular. We didn't go to the Cirque Dreams and Steam dinner show, but it got rave reviews from guests. People really loved that, too. Escape the Big Top, is that the Illusionarium? No, it isn't. It's actually this game type of thing. And again, we didn't get to, to go to that, but it's sort of a, a thing that you play with other people. And it's held in the Illusionarium area, but people really enjoyed it. The Illusionarium is a, is a dinner th type show, right? Right. Okay. It, that's where the Cirque Dreams and Steam is. Oh, okay. Got you. So all fun things must come to an end and it's time to debark Norwegian getaway. How was the debark process? Well, for us, it was easy, but it's important to point out that getting taxis in Copenhagen can be challenging depending on when your ship arrives and how many ships are in port that day. So word to the wise, taxis can be few and far between. So be aware of this if you have a morning flight and really need to get to the airport quickly. We chose to play it safe and use the ship's transfer. I almost never take ship's transfers, but this one was seamless, perfect, and I'd highly recommend it. It really took the stress out of debarking for us, and we had a, a flight that we needed to get to the airport for. Um, we were off the ship and on the bus by 7 a.m. and at the airport before 8. So it was really easy for us to do it that way. So it sounds like if you're going to debark there, you might want to do it your way. Yeah, yeah, I would say um, if you now the the rules about how what time your flight has to be, I think it's they have to be either after twelve or after twelve thirty, and ours was right at that time. So we had heard horror stories on Cruise Critic and other places about people not being able to get cabs. You can take the bus, and that's also possible. But for us, we just wanted to get there, get everything checked in, and not worry about it. All right, fair enough. Well, uh, do you have any tips for people sailing the Baltic or sailing Norwegian getaway? 
Sure. For the Baltic, first of all, get ready for a fast-paced trip. So get plenty of sleep the week before you go because you're not going to sleep on the on the cruise at all. Plan an itinerary that stays at least two days in St. Petersburg. Then make sure to pack wisely. Baltic weather is very changeable, so pack clothes you can layer easily. We had really great weather on our sailing, but bring rain gear just in case. And then be prepared for multiple currency changes on Baltic cruises. Um, you know, most of those places don't use the euro, so every different place you're going generally has a different currency. You can use credit cards pretty much anywhere, but because you're going to be using them so much, make sure to bring cards that don't charge a foreign transaction fee. And as far as getaway, you know, make dining reservations in advance as popular times in restaurants, restaurants sell out easily. Um, if you want to do Escape the Big Top, sign up on Embarkation Day. If you're bringing kids, Make sure they go to their kids and teens activities on day one. And, and just, you know, really look at the packages that Norwegian Cruise Line offers, especially the specialty dining package. Um, I think that can be well worth it as the restaurants are great. Awesome. Well, this is a lot of great information, Nancy. Um, what are your final thoughts of Norwegian Getaway? Our Baltic cruise on Norwegian Getaway was easily one of the best cruises I've, I've taken. The, the ship is packed with... Tons of fabulous features and amenities that make it great for every age group. I do want to mention, however, that one of the biggest positives on the ship is also the crew. Um, they were fantastic, and so many of them went out of their way to make our trip really memorable. So, you know, a lot of times, as you know, it's the little touches that really mean a lot. And Norwegian Getaway is a great ship. We just had a wonderful cruise. Nancy, thanks for sharing your review of Norwegian Getaway. Always a pleasure talking to you. Oh, it's wonderful being with you, Doug. This is Cruise Radio. We always like to answer your shore excursion questions. If you have any to ask, shoot me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Fielding today's questions is Shelly from cruisingexcursions.com. Shelly, it's been a while. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Doug. It has. It's been ages. Glad to, glad to be back. Our first question is from Kate. She said, we're taking our first Baltic cruise next summer and a little nervous about stopping in Russia because of the visa requirements. Can you provide any insight on how that process works? Absolutely. It is so simple these days. And um, we take care of all of the visa arrangements for everybody that are taking a tour with us. doesn't matter which tour that they take in St. Petersburg. It does include um, your visa within the tour cost. So when you're making the reservation, we will request your passport information for all passengers on the booking. And then what will happen is we apply for your blanket visas and um, they come with your vouchers. And it's as simple as that. You just present them at passport control. And after passport control, the guide is waiting for you. So it's very, very, very simple. It's not as scary as one might think. Yeah. And I mean, I guess coming from North America, and any any time there's a visa involved, like uh, us North Americans, kind of get freaked out anyway. So that's really good to know. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. The second question here says: We are staying overnight in St. Petersburg and would like to get the most out of our time there. What would you suggest? Well, there is so much to do in St. Petersburg that if you are, you know, lucky enough um, to sort of stay overnight, there are so many options. So I would always recommend the shared group two-day tour. Mm -hmm. That includes the visa that we were just um, talking about, as well as skip the line entrance tickets to all of the major highlights of St. Petersburg. So you have the Hermitage Museum, the Church on Spilt Blood, Peterhof Park, Palace Gardens, Catherine's Palace, where the Amber Room is located, and everybody wants to see the Amber Room. And also Peter and Paul Cathedral as well, as some of the main highlights. 
You also get a trip on the metro so you can see the stunning stations um, over there. And also, if the weather's permitting, you approach Peterhof Park via Hydrofoil. So you get to see all the beautiful um, cascades and fountains as you approach the park. It fills the day beautifully. And um, for those that haven't been to St. Petersburg before, if they've been to Europe and maybe visited Buckingham Palace, for example, um, they'll be still blown away by St. Petersburg. It makes what we have in Europe look like dollhouses. Everything is gold. Everything glitters beautiful statues and something that St. Petersburg was very 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 good at was kind of defining themselves different to the rest of Russian society and showing how grand and cultured they were so that's a trip that can totally change your perception of St. Petersburg and what Russia has to offer so I definitely go for that one. And also Russia known for ballet too absolutely synonymous with the ballet um one of the most famous places in the world to kind of go and watch a show is in st petersburg and there are many um theater troops that are famed throughout the world most of them performing out of st petersburg so during the evening time we have a ballet option where you'll get collected um, at around seven o'clock from the port area taken over to the theatre and we go for um, you know the leading theatres in St Petersburg usually Swan Lake the Nutcracker or Don Coyote are the performances but that depends on the date that you're going to be overnight in St Petersburg but all would be explained to you you know on your vouchers when you receive them through to your email an absolutely amazing way to spend the evening. And then you go over um, at, back to the port at around 11 o'clock. So ready to have a good night's sleep, ready for your next day on your shared group tour. Awesome. Uh, next question comes from Ricardo. I, I got to say, before I get to this next question, Shelley, um, Norwegian Breakaway, of course, going to the Baltic next summer. And people are super excited about this. I'm not surprised. It's one of the biggest ships that's been going to the Baltic for a couple of years. So um, it's proving extremely popular and um, going to some amazing destinations that are quite, um, quite different to your usual sort of cruising packages. So I can understand why it's so popular. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Next question comes from Ricardo. He says, going on a Baltic cruise in the middle of next year, we're going to Estonia, Helsinki, Berlin, Stockholm, Hamburg, and Copenhagen. Uh, Have two days in some stops. Any suggestions for getting the most out of my dollar when I'm booking tours? Absolutely. Always go for the multi-port packages. We have them for almost every sailing and what they will do is they will make sure that you're visiting the main highlights for each port of call that you're visiting but also saving you money at the same time because it offers a little discount in there if you book two or more um, tours for your sailing. We have packages that range from two port packages up to nine port packages so when guys are on the website you need to take a look out for the little red banner and it will say on their package options. So that's how you're able to see the best value tours that we've popped together in a bundle for you to give you the very most for your money. Awesome. Uh, next question comes from Kathy. We have two teenage boys and are looking to get the most out of Copenhagen. One son is a history nut. What would be an ideal tour for our family? Any help is deeply appreciated. Well, one of our most popular tours um, is called Wonderful Copenhagen, and that's because it's a half-day tour, which then allows the family, especially for you know this particular family, Kathy, um, to be able to then 
you know, re-go back to the same places that they may have visited and spend that little bit more time there before going back to the ship. So it's a four-hour tour Mm -hmm. and it will allow you to see all of the most famed, you know, hotspots of Copenhagen, including the Little Mermaid, which everybody wants to take a photograph next to. You also go over to the Nyavan district, which is um, very unique because of all of the coloured houses and something very different to see. Um, and then the, I never say this right, so I will try my best, the Amelienborg Palace, mm-hmm. where you'll be able to actually see the Danish royal family in residence if you're you know, very lucky, and also be able to see changing of the gods. And one of the most popular spots on there is Tivoli Gardens, which for those of you that don't know, is an amazing, one of the oldest as well, amusement parks in the world. It dates back to 1843. So there's lots and lots there that um, will kind of entertain, especially families with children. You've got tailored gardens and you've also got this huge amusement park. So it offers like a whole range of history and culture and you know being able to see the monarchy and the Tivoli Gardens so it's a great way to see Copenhagen. Last but not least we are visiting Tallinn Estonia and not sure what there is to do there. Uh, Any recommendations? Oh absolutely I think that um, Tallinn is possibly one of the sort of least heard of ports of call on sort of popular Baltic sailings, but it's also one of the most um, beautiful destinations to go to. I was lucky enough to go there a couple of years ago and um, can only describe it as as Hansel and Gretel for anyone that's ever read all of the fairy tales. Um, it's very medieval. All of the buildings are um, very quaint and then have a deep history behind them. So the town hall beautiful building in the main square which is very cobbled beautiful restaurants all the way outside of the main square and then it will have um torture apparatus you know hidden here there and everywhere and you can see um monks and um it's just a really different destination so on this tour that we offer for Tallinn it will show you the main highlights and it's called Tallinn highlights and surroundings it's a four-hour tour, and it will take you over to Herman Tower, which is one of the tallest towers in Estonia and used to be a lookout point um, when it used to protect um, the city and also the rest of Estonia from invasion from um, other neighboring countries and Russia in particular. Um, and it also has a very unique upper town and also lower town. So you can see as you're going through this guided walk of alleyways and um, beautiful artists line the streets. You'll be able to see a different feel um, from the upper to the lower town uh, because of all of the you know rich ancestry in the upper town. It was for noblemen, it was for merchant traders. So you can see a really different feel, and it gives you a great way of sort of seeing just how unique Estonia was. You know they're very proud um, to be Estonian, and everywhere you look, this pride is sort of in the streets and it smells of beautiful nuts baking in carts and walled gardens. It's beautiful. Really nice. Awesome. We've been talking with Shelley from cruisingexcursions.com about Baltic shore excursions. Of course, everyone excited about Norwegian Breakaway heading up there next summer. So uh, Shelley, as as always, it's great hearing from you. Don't be a stranger and uh, come back soon, please. 
Oh, absolutely. The moment you have me back, I'll be there. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.